Boston Celtics are going to win the NBA championship this season. That's right. The Sports Machine with Slim is back. It's Thursday, and I've done a complete 180 from yesterday's show when I was uh, angry, Slim, angry at the Celtics, angry at Boston area fans, angry at Joe Mazzula, angry at Jason Tatum. Angry Slim was on a bit of a rampage yesterday. Some might say angry at uh, McBFQ, one of our loyal callers. But I'm trying to set a tone around here for New England area sport fans who, as I said yesterday, have gotten fat and, fat and lazy. They expect to win because the curse of Tom Brady. Tom Brady came here gave us an expectation that we would always be able to win. Down 28-3 to in a Super Bowl? Irrelevant! We're going to come back and win. Boston Red Sox down 3-0 to the Yankees. Irrelevant! We're coming back to win. The Red Sox had never won anything in 70 years until Tom Brady got here, baby. Tom Brady brought this region joy, joy, joy. And now he's gone. He brought his joy to Tampa Bay, where they immediately win a Super Bowl. And now we're left here in New England wondering, will we ever win again? If we're going to win, it's got to be because the fans are hungry and want it. And I know the fans of the Sports Machine with Slim are hungry. We want it. We want to get on the airwaves. My brother Dave... I hear is ready to rock and roll. Welcome to the show, bright and early. Morning, Slim. Yeah, uh, my my concerns uh, are, are are still there with the Celtics. It's great last night that they had a a, a great victory on the road against the top four or five uh, team from the West. You know, it's the kind of game that showcases or highlights the talent and depth that this team actually has, which is why it's a championship or bust season. I think that's the reality, and I, I hope that that's the, the expectation for all fans out there. This team just has far too much depth. But I'd love to talk about that Golden State game for a minute and why I think that should give us our concerns or reservations about this team for the remainder of the year and what they're going to accomplish. It, it, you must have hesitations about this team. It's, it's demanded. I, I mean, I myself have been predicting the Celtics are going to win the championship now for three to four years, and my heart gets broken every single year. And you watch that Golden State game from two nights ago, and it's the same issues, just passive, lackadaisical offense where we just want to stand around and jack up threes. And we had a little bit of that last night, but Dave, you hit on it. This team is so deep. Last night, no Tatum, no Horford. And we just rock into the home court of Sacramento, who had been 10-3 and at home, and we just lay a beat down on them. So I'm high uh, excited again on the Celtics bandwagon this morning, but remind me again why I should uh, not get too excited. Well, the, the, the mentality, right? You know, I mean, you've beaten that Sacramento Kings team five or six times in a row, right? That's a team that you just historically have had a lot of success against, where the night before, you played the Golden State Warriors, which is a team that you haven't had a lot of success against. So is it just coincidence that the Celtics don't make the plays at the end of the game against the Golden State Warriors that they did last night in a blowout win against Sacramento? Like I don't think there's coincidence there. 
Is it because Jason Tatum wasn't there last night and so all the other guys played harder and just felt like they had something to prove? What's the reason for, I mean, is Sacramento just that much worse than Golden State uh, the, from the night before? No, I actually think that Sacramento's a better team, but, but it, it, it's impossible to deny that past performance, right, the excitement, the want for revenge plays a factor. In, the, in 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 any game, but with the Celtics, they did the same thing last year. They got off to a hot start after losing to Golden State in the finals, and then when they played at Golden State in the regular season, they lost. They weren't the same team. The record showed it the rest of the year, and their postseason performance showed it. Now, all of a sudden, fast forward another year, the Celtics are off to another great start. They go into Golden State, they lose. Now, it's great that they bounced back with a win last night, but we're going to see a whole lot more about that team over the coming months and see if they perform a different way than maybe they did the second half of last year. The mentality is the thing that, that I, I was talking about yesterday. You're absolutely right, Dave. We go into Golden State, we're up 17 points. Given the history that we've had against the team, they beat us in the finals, we've struggled against them in the past, we have big battles against them. I just know if me and you were on the court two nights ago playing Golden State – we would want to win. Like, when it when there's a timeout, we're going to huddle. Let's go, dude. Like, let's take these guys out. We're up by 17. Let's go. No foot coming off the pedal. I just know from a mentality competitor standpoint, we would not be relaxing. And I felt that the Celtics, they didn't have that in them at Golden State the other night. So I think there were, there were several miscues that nobody's really talked about down the stretch of that game. And when I say miscues, I, I, I mean winning plays or losing plays, right? You know, because the, the, the difference in any game can really be as small as one single play. It was. So it, was a, gonna, it was a Tatum step back three. I mean, you just won one play just to finish the game. He took the last shot. If that shot goes in, in regulation, the Celtics win. So that's an example of your point. One play can make all the difference. It, it, it can, and that's one of the three plays that really I want to hit on, and then I'll hang up and I'll listen to your comments. But Tatum, that's a settle shot, right? You know, the defense is playing man-to-man, they, they didn't bring any help to him. So if you want to give Tatum the ball, and this is where Missoula is somewhat responsible, and the other players totally. also highlight it, why are we giving Tatum the ball at the top of the key to dribble out the time to then take that subtle shot? Why are we not running any motion offense? We have a deep team. We have multiple all-stars on our team, four guys. We have past champions that are in our starting lineup. And, and our go-to play in the last, 10 seconds of a game is going to be, well, we're just going to isolate Tatum at the top of the key and let him take a fall away, step back three. This is what I talked about. I talked about yesterday, Dave. Drew Holiday had the ball with 12 seconds left. He, if you watch the game, he was able to penetrate into the lane. He has been all season and get off a five-foot floater, an eight-foot jump shot. Drew Holiday is smooth in the paint and bigger than most guys guarding him. He had the ball, 12 seconds left in regulation, and he just was like, like, on command, I have to, to give it to you, Tatum. And, like, here, let me give it to you and run away from you so that you you know you you have it all on your shoulders. And I, I didn't understand that reaction from Holiday, so I'm with you. It's, well, it's, it's terrible coaching. If you watch Golden State, they put Al Horford into a high pick and roll with Steph Curry the entire, like, the entire fourth quarter. That was their play. Mm-hmm. But yet there was no matchup. There was no, hey, we want to get Jason. If, you wanna, if they want to play man, you know, who do you want guarding him? Right? Run them up for a high pick. That's coaching. Now, there were certain plays that, that are on the players. That, that part's on the coaches. The, the other two plays, in, in, in overtime, in the last 30 seconds of that game, you gave up an offensive rebound, and then you had everybody ball-watching, 
and letting Steph Curry get his feet set to receive an uncontested pass. And while they got over there to contest the shot, he's the best shooter the NBA has ever seen. He's got his feet set. He's comfortable, ready for the pass. So it's great that you get over there and contest the shot. But how do you lose the best shooter that the league has ever seen, the world has ever seen? Completely unacceptable. I said it on yesterday's show, too. Completely unacceptable that somebody is not just mindset, 100% focus on, I have Steph. I will not leave him. I don't care if there's an offensive shot and, and maybe a rebound. I'm not leaving him. I'm staying with him until we have the ball. Well, those are plays that winners make. Winners don't. I mean, in all the years of all these these great teams that we've had, Right, you know, whether it was the, the Bulls, the, the Lakers, even the Celtics, right, more recently the San Antonio Spurs, they never gave up those offensive rebounds. Like, those are hustle plays. At the end of a game, when you give up an offensive rebound in a close game with 30 seconds, this is a hustle play. This is a who wants it more, I'm going to get the ball type of attitude. The Celtics didn't have it. That's my concern for them moving forward. I, they need to show a want, a will. And until they do, they're going to continue to struggle. For anybody to think they're going to get into the postseason, play the Milwaukee Bucks, and be able to win four what are very likely to be highly competitive basketball games, they better they better develop that winning mentality during the season in these close games. Dave, we're only going to have one more minute until we go to commercial, but let me ask you, I mentioned it yesterday. If I'm Drew Holiday, I go to Tatum after the game and say, hey, listen, man, I can't be giving you the ball when it's at the end of the game situation and have you just be stepping back, shooting threes, like you're practicing on a Saturday alone in the gym. If I'm going to give you the ball, you need to go to the rack. If you, know, if you don't want to go to the rack, that's okay, but I, I'm going to keep the ball next time then. Do you think Tatum would react well to Drew Holiday saying that to him? Probably not. Too I bad. Drew Holiday would, I don't think Drew Holiday would say that. So I, 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 I would. Mean, Drew Holiday, he's the senior guy on the team. He needs to come over with a, with a different, you know, with the, with the attitude of, listen, Jason, you're the best player on the floor. We know that. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna sit here and contest that. Nobody. Nobody else should have the ball in their hands at the end of the game. Now that said, what what makes a player as great as they can possibly be is a team winning mentality, a team winning attitude. The Celtics right? gotta you get can. that attitude because we gotta break to a commercial. We need that attitude on WKXL Radio. You're listening to the Sports Machine with Slim. We're gonna be right back. We're on 14:50 a.m. FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and nhtalkradio.com. music, I guess, in the industry. For those of you that don't know this, I have very little radio experience. (laughs) In fact, this is only my third week on the job. Yes, I have a hundred podcasts that I created as part of a a project we did a couple years ago, but as for a live radio, sports, talk, show, host, this is my cutting my teeth, learning how to do things, baby, and I think we're getting better Day by day, I think our callers are getting better day by day. I know we're getting more folks that want to be calling into the show. I've just been alerted. I'm not sure who it is. So it's kind of like a you know, jackpot or what was it, pot, pot of luck or something where 
Come on in. Who's the caller? Introduce yourself and uh, step up to the plate. You're up, caller, if you're still out there. Go ahead. All I'm hearing is right Am I on the air? You are on the air. What do you have to say, All sir? Right. Oh, this is Jimmy from New Hampshire. Listen to the show. It's great. Your previous caller, I think, um, was a little off. <laughs> I think it was that uh, you guys were talking about Drew Holiday. Yeah, Celtics. This is Celtics Day. You're, so, Jimmy from New Hampshire, yeah. you're a Celtics fan, I take it. I'm a huge Celtics fan. Grew, grew up watching Bird in the 80s. Yeah. But I met Red Owl back when I was a kid, and Larry Bird got their autographs for a Celtics game in 1981. So I've watched this team forever. And it's very frustrating. It This, this isn't on the uh, necessarily the players. It's on the coaching. The coaching has done the same thing over and over again. They fail to make adjustments and learn. And whether it's Stevens, uh, Adoka, or the new guy, they're all coaching the same way and not making any adjustments whatsoever, depending on what team they play that night. I they, love, I they love roll to hear this. Ball. Love to hear yeah, you. They are, roll out the ball. 1981. The ball they, 1981 yeah. Celtics fan remembers from all that time ago getting an autograph from Red Arbeck, Larry Bird, and these are these are the folks that the Celtics have as fans throughout New England. And we we literally our mood is affected day to day by the performance of this team. And I hear you how frustrating it is to watch the coaches and feel like you know more than them. Go go ahead and dive deeper in there. Oh, where do I start? It's it's <laughs> it's tough to listen. It's tough to watch games that the Celtics have superior talent. And depending on who they play, they play the same way and say, hey, we, we refuse to change. We refuse to make adjustments. We have a better roster. I don't know if they're playing a better organization with a team that knows how to beat them. They don't make the adjustments, whether it's the Heat or Golden State uh, the other night, where they just gave a 17-point uh, lead away and refused to not shoot three. The Celtics' philosophy is, if, you can, if we can shoot 40% from three-point land, it's better than shooting 50% from twos, which is you get you take 10 shots, and you're going to get 12 points if you shoot 40% from three. And if you shoot 10 shots you get, and you shoot 50% from two, you're going to score two more, two more points. That philosophy only works if you can shoot 40% from three. Now, the end of the game where Tatum takes the last shot, if that's their philosophy – well, if you have one shot and you don't need a three, <laughs> one point, well, I, you know where I'm going with this, then. This thing is better than 40%. I'm a gambler. So why are they taking a worse shot at 10% less against their own philosophy and lose that game? Other than, Listen, let me, let me pause you there for a second. This makes total sense. Everything you just said, Jimmy from New Hampshire, the Celtics are shooting threes like last night. They're, they're jacking up threes left and right. Now, we were making them last night because Sacramento wasn't dug in enough defensively and because our guys were hot, okay? But when it comes down to this one possession in the game, and a two-pointer will literally win the game for you. A free-throw shot will win the game for you. Why would you want to fall back on a three-point shooter? You're absolutely right, caller. You, you, you need to, that shows you don't have a plan. You don't have any backup plan. Well, I'll tell you why they do it. And it's the hero ball, A.U. Tatum, 
coming out and saying, hey, listen, if I make a very, if I take a very difficult shot and I miss it, so they'll, they'll say, wow, that was a tough shot to make. And if I make it, they'll be like, wow, this guy is amazing. <laughs> Look at the difficult shot he made. So they, they bail themselves out. But again, this falls back on the coaching. And we have to give credit to Danny Ainge, who had two wins and two picks with Brown and Tatum in the top ten. We, we won on both of those picks. You know how hard it is, a franchise, to get two picks right? Everybody, everybody, we had the number one pick. Everybody in the world was saying, take Markel Fultz. Danny Ainge said, no, no, no. We want Tatum. We're not telling anybody. We're going to trade back to the number three spot. Let Philadelphia make the mistake. And the, the Lakers go ahead and take, um, what's his name, Alonzo Ball. And then Tatum falls to the Celts at three. That was masterful, literally one of the greatest trades of all time in any sport. <laughs> He he doesn't he doesn't get the credit, and he 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 got the pieces. The organization has stepped up. They've done everything possible to put talent around uh, Tatum and Brown. And um, you know, I hope that they put enough talent where even if they blow it again this year, which I feel they will, is that Tatum when he becomes a free agent, he says, "Hey, where can I go to win?" Well, look in the mirror because the Celtics, I'm going to give you the best mm-hmm. chance to win. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, they put that in their pocket with Pazingas and said, listen, if we get every, everyone we possibly can, we, we bring in uh, Cassell, which I think is a great move. Great we should move. be coaching the team if you watch them on the sideline. I love the guy's Sam a winner. Love Sam he, he, uh, th- that guy's a master of the mid- mid-range game and consistency. So he, he gets it. But it, it's the philosophy that if they go against the Nuggets, they're gonna get. They're gonna get wiped out. The, the the Nuggets will will systematically break that team down with passing and execution and easy buckets. And in you and I've said this before. They had more talent against Golden State three years ago. They their their problem was turnovers. They turned over the ball too much and they fold. They're actually cutting down the turnovers. Tatum is losing the ball last when he drives. Yeah, we're and, shooting and his, we're shooting more threes, probably. I mean, we've been shooting threes for three, four years. You're absolutely right. But it seems like now we're even shooting more threes. I'm going to have to dig into this. Uh, but I, I think when it comes time to meet the defensive pressure, I think what you're talking about is you run into certain teams, whether it's been the Heat in the years past or Golden State, you run into certain defense where the other team is like, hey, it's time for us to win. We're going to dig in. We're not going to give you easy threes. And the Celtics aren't conditioned and maybe haven't practiced enough to be able to be like, okay, you're going to take the three away from me. I'm going to get to the rim. Or is that just a mindset, Jimmy? Is it, is it that they don't have the it's ability? It's coaching. It's coaching. It's, you have to coach has to say, listen, we're up by 17 points. Their best player has five fouls. We're going to go at him every time he goes in the game. And we're going to look to get to the line. If you if you notice, and I said this when they lost the finals, they play right into Golden State's hands. It's, it, and when they were beating them for when and actually the Celtics were beating Golden State for years, they didn't beat them shooting three. They beat them with with uh, driving to the hole. They used to beat. They used to own Golden State, even though the Celtics weren't that good of a team. They used to go on the road and beat Golden State. The yeah, issue is, is smart. when yeah. when you're playing a team that has two of the top ten best three-point shooters of all time that are going to shoot 40% from three, you can't, you can't one-up them and say, hey, listen, let, we're going to shoot as many. Actually, they shot seven more three-pointers than the best 
three-point shooting team and say, listen, we're going to win this game on three-pointers. We're going we're gonna to put up our uh, three-point shots, and you're going to put up your three-point shots, and we're going to see who wins. Well, we know who's going to win. We've they have it. better three-point shooters. So what are we going to do at the end of this season? Because the Celtics are going to finish with probably the best record in the NBA for the regular yeah, season. What's going to happen? Is there anything we can do here on the Sports Machine with Slim, you, the caller, Jimmy, and New Hampshire? What can we yeah. do to impact Listen, this it, team? The head coach is gone if they don't win the finals. There's too much heat. They put a team around them. The, 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 there is no way he survived. That's why they brought in himself. He has to go. He won't. He won't change. Even if they lose a game that they should win, and everyone is is sitting there watching it at home, going crazy on what they're doing, he's not going to change, and he's going to go. The, the, the only way that he stays is if they win a championship. Well, I want to stay on the positive train here and think that I, I came on. I started the show saying the Celtics are going to win the title this year. That we have too much talent. Like we we're going to make the switch. Aren't we going to find a way to start winning those games at the end? Are we? Are we? Uh, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> the only guy that the only guy that's played consistently this year, there's two guys, White and Holiday, right? They're awesome. Those two guys, those two guys are, are playing in and out every night. I don't think either one of them have really had a bad night. And even if they had a bad night shooting, uh, you, you have. If you want, uh, you, know. you, you got it. If you want to stay on the line, you can. We're here on WKXL. This is oh, the sports I, I machine. Baseball, man. The sports machine with Slim. Man. Hold on the line. Baseball. 14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. It's nhtalkradio.com. We're coming right back. Sports Talk Radio Show. You're listening in your car? You're driving down 93? What? New Hampshire's Sports Talk Radio? Yes. And guess what? It's better than the other shows that are out there. 10 to 11. You want the best sports talk radio in New England? You're listening to it. The Sports Machine with Slim. And that's not me being arrogant. That's me being factual. There's a difference. We're better and we know it. <laughs> Here at Globo Gym, we're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> Your gym is a skid mark on the underpants of society, LeFleur. <laughs> we're going to go and dive into the NFL game here in the last piece of the program. But for now, we're going to continue along the Celtics line of thought. Unless somebody else wants to call in and divert the topic, callers are always welcome. 603-224-1450 is... The number, 603-224-1450. You, too, can be live on the radio. I'll tell you something, everybody. Nobody knows this. My five-year-old son is in the radio studio with me. He is quietly eating a donut, making no noise because I told him, do not. I may have him come on the fourth segment to open things up. Maybe I'll have him say the ABCs. Maybe I'll have him say a little bit about the Boston Celtics and what he thinks is going on. So far, here's what I think is going on so far. The curse of Tom Brady is taking over the New England region. Nobody's talking about it. The curse of the Bambino. Do people remember this? 
Like, it was a real thing. The Red Sox did not win a championship for, like, what, 70 years, 80 years? I don't even know what the number is. Too high for me to count. Certainly too high for my five-year-old son to count. But guess what? Tom Brady came to New England. And, baby, he turned things around. Tom Brady made it happen first for the Patriots. Then he made it happen for the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Bruins. Tom Brady brought this region 20 years of joy, and now he's gone. But the problem isn't that he's gone. The problem is that the New England area sports fans all still think that we deserve to win. We have the Celtics with an incredible amount of talent this year. We've had an incredible amount of talent for the last three to four years. That's why we're all saying, hey, the Celtics, we're going to win this year. They're the betting favorite. They were the betting favorite last year for a large percentage of the season. They've been the betting favorite all the way through this year so far. What are their odds? Like plus 370 to win it all. So betters think the Celtics are going to win. But they don't know about the curse of Tom Brady. There's only one way to get rid of a curse like that. And that's for somebody to stand up and be like, I'm not taking a back seat. I'm going to win this for us. Well, Jason Tatum isn't saying that. He's saying, hey, give me the ball so I can shoot a step back three (laughs) when the game's on the line. It's unacceptable. But how does he get the message? Because we need Tatum to lead the way. If you're going to have Drew Holiday getting, getting the ball to Tatum with 11 seconds in a panic mode saying, hey, go, 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 go win it for us. Everybody's like, I'm going to defer to Tatum. Well, we're going to need that dude to win. How can he change his mentality? I asked Jimmy, the caller who just was, was on the line. Well, maybe it come, comes from a game where, hey, dude, you didn't even play. And we beat go, uh, Sacramento on their home court by 25. We just walked into Sacramento last night without Tatum, without Horford, and destroyed a good team. Now, I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's the players. But what I will tell you is this. I sat down with my pen and paper last night to watch the game. I said, I'm going to track how many threes Sacramento gets in this game as a result of the Celtics playing help defense and just leaving somebody open. And this is going back to hardcore coaching. If you love coaching basketball, you're going to love hearing me talk about this. If you don't, I promise I'll steamroll right through this real quick. So hang tight with me, please, please. In the first quarter last night, Sacramento scored five three-pointers, 15 points, as a result of playing help defense, where guys just sagged off their man, let the Sacramento player they were guarding stand out by three-point land. Then that person catches, shoots five times in the first quarter. Then to open up the second quarter, it happens again. That's 18 points we gave to the other team because of the help defensive philosophy that the Celtics have put into the culture of this team. It's the wrong way to coach. This is a new age. They are coaching from like 50 years ago when you had to stop penetration, stop penetration. Listen, nobody wants to shoot twos. Just think about what we were just talking about with the Celtics. Everybody wants to jack up threes. So why are you leaving guys open from three? Don't play help 
Defense. Make everyone commit defensively. I'm guarding this guy. If he takes me to the rack and scores, it's my fault. I don't need you all to help me. It builds in a brand of an excuse when you cause everybody to play this help level defense. Like, oh, I got beat. You were supposed to be there. Like, what kind of a sport are we teaching kids and people to play nowadays? No. If you get beat, it's your fault. Don't leave your man. Play with your own man. So there's my little rant off off the cuff here. Peyton Pritchard. There's different nicknames being developed for this guy. Jimmy, who just called in, mentioned how deep the Celtics have been this year. This is super deep. He's absolutely right. If Joe Mazzula doesn't win it this year, listen, there's only one reason why, and it's the coach. And I just gave you some one tip you could put in to definitely further uh, strengthen your, your case for winning the title. Stop playing this ridiculous help defense. Makes no sense statistically. It, it goes against every single thing you, you teach on the other end of the court. But look how deep we are. Last night, Peyton Pritchard gets in the game for a whopping, what is it, 29 minutes. Dude, 6 of 11 from 3. 6 of 11, Peyton Pritchard. He was 10 for 17 before Golden State. Golden State, he went 3 for 5. Last night, he goes 6. This guy, and I said it last year. I was screaming last year, Peyton Pritchard needs to be playing. I had plenty of friends and family that were like, why isn't Pritchard playing more last year? Well, they didn't play him. He definitely could have helped out in the playoffs in one way, shape, or form. Don't tell me his defense is weak. It's not. Peyton Pritchard's a legit defensive player. Watch him move his feet. He turns guy, turns a guy, turns a guy. They don't go by him. Watch him play the game. If somebody tells you that Pritchard is a weakness on defense, they have no clue what they're talking about. None. Zero. He's one of the better defensive guards in the league. And he's shooting amazing now. You know why? Why wasn't he shooting so well at the beginning of the year? Because he hadn't been playing major minutes. He signed the contract last offseason. Now he's playing more minutes. Guess what? You gotta play yourself into game shape so your body can overcome the exhilaration, the rush, the beating it takes from playing defense on the other end because they're trying to go at you because you are smaller. So you combine all that together, you're tired. You're shooting your threes. You're rushing them. Well, he's settled in. He's feeling confident now. And now he's making shots. And he's going to keep making them. So he needs to be on the court. Sam Hauser. I told you the other night, he was 0 for 7 from 3 against Golden State. 0 for 6, 0 for 7. Last night, Missoula puts him right into the starting rotation with Tatum being out. I got no problem with that. In fact, I like that coaching move by Missoula. Come right back in. Hauser, you're a shooter. Go out there and play. Last night, he chips in 2 for 4 from the field. From 3, I mean. Hauser can shoot. Pritchard can shoot. This guy, Cato, this big guy... He can play 10 to 15 minutes in the playoffs. You see last night, I mentioned it yesterday on the show, this um, Brissett guy off the bench. Most people have no clue who he is. He played last night defensively. Boom. He's hustling. That's a dude who can win you a playoff game. And you say, what? Come on, Slim. Let's be real. This guy's energy. When you come into a game and you're playing for your life. You're playing for your money. You you are playing due to the sheer excitement of, I'm on the court in an NBA game in the playoffs. Like, I'm here to play defense. 
they are going to be up on their man. And they're, they're going to make the person they're guarding feel uncomfortable. Can Peyton Pritchard do that? No, not like, not like this guy Brissett can do. He's got size, speed, and he made a three, I think, last night too. Celtics are deep, deep. The Celtics are going to win the NBA title this year. Jimmy, new caller to the show. Turn that frown upside down, baby. We're going to break the curse of Tom Brady in the New England region, and the sports machine with Slim is going to help lead us there during the playoff season. We're going to be here every single day as we are right now, weekdays, 10 to 11. WKXL, we're 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We got a little bit more, so stay tuned. Slim is back as we wrap up a Thursday edition of the program. I am looking forward to tomorrow's show where we will break down some NFL. We love to do that on Fridays. I know we've got a couple of guests scheduled to come on and help me break down the games. The number one we're going to be looking towards is obviously that matchup between Baltimore and San Francisco this weekend. Number one seeds currently, right, in both uh, conference. And I've been on the air stating, telling everybody with a fact-based knowledge that the San Francisco 49ers will win the NFL title this year. I don't know if you can say the word that we'd always been able to say in the past on the radio, the championship for NFL. We know what the two words are, but I don't know if you're supposed to say that. So I'm just going to – I'm going to look into that. But – be assured, San Francisco 49ers are going all the way, people. And the Celtics are going all the way in the NBA. Go to your local establishment, put in a parlay. <laughs> Do it a futures parlay. I'm excited to cover the NFL talk this weekend. I'm also excited to be joined by someone on the air right now who has never been on the radio before. I will let everybody know this is my five-year-old son, Alexander he knows a thing or two about sports. Alex, want to introduce yourself and say hello to the people? Uh, hello. Hello. Have you ever been on the radio before? No. Is there anything that you have to say that you think people would like to hear about? What do you know about the Boston Celtics? Uh, they're good. The Celtics are good. What do you know about the Patriots? The Patriots. New England Patriots football team. Oh, the New England Patriots football stinks. Okay, well, that's some enlightening, insightful commentary. Before you go, because I don't know if there's anything else you have to contribute that would be really worthwhile, do you know your ABCs? Yes. Are you afraid to say them on the radio? I'm not tall enough in the middle. In the middle. You're a little bit afraid. It is intimidating. You know you are on the radio right now. People driving in their car can hear you talking right now. Oh. So I want them to hear you say the ABCs. Go ahead and say it quick for me. Go ahead. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, T, L, O, M, N, N, O, P, T, U, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs. 
Next time, won't you sit with me? Excellent job, Alexander. That was well done. I appreciate it, and I may have you back in a future episode. Would you like to be on the show again sometime in the future? Uh, yes. Okay. Thank you very much. That's all for Alexander today. He did a great job. And what I did that for is because remember the last caller, Jimmy from New Hampshire, who just talked about the Celtics a bunch. Remember when he said, hey, I remember from back 1981 when I met Red Arback and met and got an autograph. I think that my son may be able to remember a moment like this. So that's why I wanted them on there, and I appreciate you all listening to him say the ABCs. Tonight's game, people, let's see if I can give you a little reward for hanging on through this segment. We got the Rams playing the New Orleans Saints tonight. I saw the Rams are favored by four. Short week for both teams, and the Rams played at home last week. What, they beat Washington, I think it was, and now New Orleans got to go on the road after a tough game last week, and they're coming in to play the Rams. But what I will tell people, this New Orleans defense... They've been strong all year. New Orleans has been a little bit under the under the radar. I'm not a huge Derek Carr fan, but I think New Orleans puts it together tonight. I think New Orleans is going to make its claim on winning that division. They're only 7-7. Seven and seven. The division is tight, 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 and I'm sure that uh, San Francisco is kind of salivating at being able to play hopefully one of those teams, Atlanta or, <laughs> or uh, at, uh, who's uh, New Orleans. Not Carolina. The other one's escaping me, but whatever. Let's see if New Orleans can go into the Rams' home stadium tonight and get a W. I'm going to say that. The Rams have been playing much better. That Puka Nakua guy, the wide receiver, I forget where he came from. Utah, was not But, man, this guy has made, from fantasy standpoint, what a difference. He's been absolutely fantastic. And Matthew Stafford's been playing better lately. I think Aaron Donald's out. He was out last week. I think he's out again tonight. So that defense for the Rams... Gets a little bit of a downgrade. Well, maybe a big downgrade, actually. And that should allow New Orleans a chance to say, hey, we might be able to score some points. We got the offensive talent. Olave, there's other players on that New Orleans squad that can, that can score, get in the end zone. And we got the Rams on the other side of the ball. Offensively, yeah, they're playing well. They got the talent, good offensive line. But I think that New Orleans defense is just underrated. And they're playing for their playoff lives. Let's get in there. Let's get a W tonight. New Orleans plus the four. I'm saying money line. I say New Orleans comes out of there with a victory. But who knows? If we listen to my predictions from last Friday, I'm a 500 player. I'm, uh, <laughs> I win one. I lose one. The game for this weekend for me, the Patriots are going on the road playing Denver. Is that right? And... W- it's a Sunday night game. Does everybody know this? The New England Patriots are on national TV. Sunday night. We're playing Denver. I feel like this is the capitulation game for the Patriots. We'll dive into it more tomorrow. But I have a bad feeling about what we're going to see Sunday night. I think Denver, well, I know Denver, has been just getting better and better. They, they, they've turned it around the whole season. They got a chance to make the playoffs. And Russell Wilson is a winner. Certain players in all sports are just winners. And Russell Wilson, I mean, he's won before. 
Look what's going on with with this this Denver team. You give up 70 points in a game, you're a laughing stock. I think they were 0 3 at that point. And boom. Just totally turned things around and to a point now where they could play they're a danger. If they get in the playoffs, the Denver Broncos, I'm telling you right now, they are going to be a tough out. They've already been battle tested. And if they make the playoffs, that means they they battled through and turned the corner. So what are they looking to do? Seven and seven. They got to beat the Patriots Sunday night. The eyes of the league are on them. Everybody, that's the only game on TV. And the Patriots are coming off a home game against Kansas City. They had won the game prior against Pittsburgh. Patriots played their tails off against Kansas City, but it's just not enough. They're not good enough. Patriots are not good enough. We know this. So they get bombed by KC by 10, but it was 17, and uh, it should have been a 17 or more point victory, but it was 10 due to, you know, gambling circumstances, I think, caused that, but whatever. Patriots, what are we playing for this week? Let's go on the road. Let's go play in the altitude of Denver. And, man, you're going to be losing your wind. I just don't think the Patriots are going to have it in them. This is a game where you need to dig deep. You got to dig deep. The line's minus six and a half. Denver's favored by six and a half. By game time, it'll be over seven. If it stays at six and a half, you got to watch out. Those six and a half point lines are just always sketchy. It's like they're trying to get you to take take the you know team. They only have to win by a touchdown. It's just one score. But I would predict it's going over to seven. The total's thirty four and a half in that game. So I mean, how many points do you want them to be favored by? How many points do you want Denver to be favored by if the total's only only thirty four and a half? Well, they're saying that's going to be a real snoozer. Maybe people won't have to stay up late for the Sunday night game. Everybody's just going to go to sleep. The uh, over total, 34 and a half. I say the Broncos can score that by themselves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the record and say this is an absolute beatdown, chaos, Monday morning on the radio airwaves. What are we going to do in the Patriots organization? Should we fire Belichick in the season? <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Everybody's just such short-term memory and stuff. They, let's, he needs to go. The team has quit. It's like, dude, there's two games left in the season. It doesn't <laughs> settle down, everybody. You don't just run Belichick out the door. It, it, listen, the fact of the matter is we have no talent on offense. Is that Belichick's fault? Yes. Yes, it is, because he's been involved with putting the uh, the roster together for how many years. He's had all the control. If he had all the, the credit for building the roster and doing it you know, the Patriot way, not giving out big contracts to certain people. If he got all the credit back then, you have to blame him now for the fact that our, our offense has no talent or minimal talent. But the dude can coach defense. The Patriots' two best players have been on the shelf for the last like 10 weeks, and they're still come on, coming out and competing, playing their tails off, and playing good football. Patriots defense is rock solid. If they had an offense, they'd be even better. It's tough when you got to just, oh, three and out. Get back out there, boys. Go get them. Oh, three and out. Go get them. Oh, turnover. Come on. Dig in. Go get them. <laughs> it's a, that's, that's your mindset every week if you're on the Patriots defense. Like, at some point, you go, hey, listen, guys. So Belichick has done a pretty decent job. I haven't heard the defense calling out the offense a ton. Like, people are saying, hey, these Patriots players, Trent Brown, they're saying stuff, that they're saying words against the organization. Usually they kept that stuff in-house through the years. Nobody would be talking negative to the press. Uh, okay, 
But in this season, I'm not hearing the defense totally call out the offense as they easily could be if it was true chaos in there this weekend. I think it might start. That's going to be a prediction for me, and we're going to talk more about that in all the NFL games tomorrow on a fast-packed Friday edition of the Sports Machine with Slim here on WKXL Radio. Weekdays 10 to 11, you can catch us on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, or live, you can hear us nhtalkradio.com. You can also go there for past episodes to hear us on demand. Go get them, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. 